people and companies can now start to have their own solar or wind assets and participate in this, this whole environment. This is a major change that requires 100% replatforming around the world of the IT industry. And that's our job. That's what we plan to do. Hi, everyone. My name is Anna D'Souza, and welcome to today's edition of NZX's Opening Bell podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by the CEO, Gary Miles from Gentract. For those of you who may be familiar with our podcast, you may recall that we were lucky enough to be joined by Gary late last year. So, Gary, welcome back. Pleasure to have you back on the show again. Um, it was fun last time, so let's let's do it again. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So on to today's episode. So, Gary, perhaps we could just start with a little bit of a background of Gentrack for our new listeners, as well as share a little bit about where the business is today. Okay, so the genesis of the company is right here in New Zealand, which is great. And then we expanded in Australia, then we got into the airports business. We are a billing and customer care company, a major enterprise software for utilities, whether it's water or energy, and we also do airport operations. So from the time a plane lands until it takes off, we run the operations of the airport. So where should the plane go to which gate? Where do people go? How do you bill between airlines and the airport? Where do the whole passenger flow to manage security queues? It's a pretty exciting part of our business. So that's what we do. The history is 36 years of history. And we're very strong in New Zealand, Australia, and, and the UK for our utilities business. But we're on a global march, and that's what we probably talk about a lot today, I hope. Definitely. Gary, you mentioned that a lot of what you do is sort of in the energy and utility space. Right. And I think it's quite clear there's a lot going on there, big transformations, you know, also, I guess, globally, looking at sustainability and that kind of aspect. How do you see that affecting Gentrack? You know, where are the opportunities for you? How do you see it impacting you going forward? Look, the, the IT landscape in which we operate for about 25 years for utilities was very, very static. It didn't really change. So the systems that are out there are old. It just so happens cloud exists. Modern technologies are available. The industries move from dumb meters that get very red, very infrequently and very flat bills to dynamic charging based on time of day and how busy the grid is or isn't. You've got a lot of new players that are generating energy and pumping into the grid. Interestingly, the grid needs to be balanced. So if it has too much power, it has a problem. If it has too little power, it has a problem. So the grid operators will now pay people to consume energy off the grid as well as when they need it to pump energy into the grid. People and companies can now start to have their own solar or wind assets and participate in this, this whole environment. This is a major change that requires 100% replatforming around the world of the IT industry. And that's our job. That's what we plan to do. Yeah, I guess you are operating on a global scale, as you just mentioned. So how are you, I guess, navigating the complexities from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, um, you know, balancing out their energy needs with their renewables? If you look at the technology that we do, most of it's very repeatable to every country. Mm -hmm. We take meter reads. Mm -hmm. We charge for them. We have a catalog so you can find services. If somebody calls the call center, works with their digital app to see their balance or their usage, all of that is consistent from country to country to country. Each country has a little bit different regulatory issues or a few NR like switching energy suppliers. They may have regulation to make it easy for you to be able to choose different suppliers. And that's different from country to country, but that may be 5 to 10% of the total technology that we offer needs to be localized for a country. So what we want to do is, because this 
industry is moving so fast with so much innovation. We want to develop IP once and sell it to two, three, four, five hundred utilities around the world and amortize it across that base. I guess with all this innovation, how are you staying ahead of the curve? Is this something that is a challenge, especially from a kind of a people perspective? I know you mentioned last time in our podcast that growing your people was a real challenge for the business. So is that still um, something that's happening or what? how are you navigating that? So, yeah, about a year ago, the dynamics were different here on the market. Some of the big technology players here have been downsizing. We grew 30%. We grew our people base 30% last year. We're finding it much easier to attract talent now. Our retention of talent is in, if you look at the global retention standard for technology is 17%. Our attrition's in high single digits. So we're keeping our people. We like that. I also think because we make super sophisticated software that, you know, needs to be cyber protected, run at scale, not fall down and has global opportunities, and it makes the world less dependent on fossil fuels, those dynamics are attractive to software engineers that want to do cool stuff and make a difference. So we're able to attract gen trackers that are drawn to that purpose, which is fun. Yeah, I mean, I want to join the company. (laughs) (laughs) And then I guess, what does that look like going forward? You know, 30% growth is huge. Do you see significant numbers going forward or similar Headcount growth? We're going to talk about our headcount carefully at this moment because we've got some amazing potential in front of us, but uh, investors seem to extrapolate number of new heads with revenues, so we kind of are not laying out that way. We are confident in our story of our value, and it's resonating well with a new pipeline of customers internationally. So a year ago, we were not going international, so we had a 100% blind spot on opportunities outside of our core markets. Now we're getting more and more leads and looks interesting and we'll need to hire more people to help us deliver them services. Mm-hmm. Are you able to share a bit more about these new markets that you've been entering or some of these uh, transactions? You know, obviously. Yeah, it's pretty fun actually. So we announced going international in November. By January, we had opened our Singapore office. Now our sales cycle is about 12 to 24 months. It's not like everybody was bang on the start line in November. So, you know, when we got to Singapore, we had to get on planes and go to Manila or Kuala Lumpur or other places and tell our story. And most people didn't know Gentrack, but they liked what we had to say. And now we're engaging with them. And those days also, you know, we had, it's called shoe leather sales. We had to go beat the streets and talk to these players. Now that we're getting in more and more deals, they're hearing about us and opportunities are coming to us inbound, which is great. Then we opened our Saudi Arabian office on the back of a really exciting win there as our Middle Eastern headquarters. We're launching into Europe from London. So that's more or less our focus area, Europe, the Middle East and Asia. And um, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, and hopefully as your brand increases even more so, it'll shorten that, that sales cycle, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the idea. And yeah. just put more and more things in the funnel and get to know about Gentrack as a New Zealand company. You know, New Zealand, Anna, has 85% renewables in its grid. So it's leading the world in many, many indicators. As a matter of fact, we just hosted a Vietnamese delegation mm. here that runs their entire energy network. And so they came to see how things yeah. how things should be done and met a bunch of the, of the leaders that uh, run utilities here and build solar and wind and geothermal assets. And, and there's a lot of examples like this. Mm-hmm. We're in a good spot. Yeah, I think we always forget, you know, that New Zealand is often leading the charge in, in so many spaces, but the renewables and 
uh, climb reporting and all that kind of stuff is definitely one of our stronger stronger areas. Yeah, I think New Zealand's an amazing place. Everybody needs to continue to protect it. Yeah. It is interesting, though, if we look at water around the world, there just doesn't seem to be enough money to mm. fix the problems. The systems are very old. You know, in the UK, where I live a good part of the year, you have sewage coming into the streets yeah. and it's pretty crazy. And now we're starting to have drought issues in Australia, where we have a big water presence. There's, you know, severe drought considerations here in New Zealand. I know that the three waters program had kicked off. The prime minister is looking to re review that regardless. I think something needs to, some investment definitely needs to go into the, you know, clean water is essential service for people. And so that journey, we need to go on here in New Zealand. And I guess speaking of the three borders, there was a recent article in the paper. I don't know if you want to <laughs> comment on that at all. You know, it's slightly contentious, I know, but well, uh, we don't want to be a contentious company. You know, we employ 250 people here and, you know, everybody pays taxes and water is so critical. And I think if we're going to embark on a program to modernize the systems that support clean water and sewage, that we should do that. We should modernize them. We shouldn't spend a huge amount of money on old, older systems. Yeah. So we were just encouraging the, the new government, if they look at this, try to do what I think the government should do and commercial organizations do well is run a competitive process, yeah. see what technologies are out there that can help make this shift yeah. and make sure that the price is competitive and it's open and transparent. I, I think the contentious part is we didn't get a look at it, yeah. surely aren't asking for any handout or even preferential treatment as a New Zealand yes. company. We just like to put our best foot forward to be in the game. Make sure the technology is fit for purpose and going forward. I think Absolutely. so. I mean, we support yeah. Fiji's water system. You know, yeah. six of the top 12 players in Australia running on our stack. Yeah. I think we've got something to bring to the market. And here, and I mean, there's a good chance 50% of the homes in New Zealand and more than 50% of the industry run on us. So there's a good chance that... Uh, you're getting our service today also for your energy services. So we'd like to see if we could do that for water. Perfect. So just switching track a little bit, Gary, recently you released your annual results and, you know, it's it's been a big year for you guys. You've had impressive growth, you've had strong results and it, it has been very impressive. So I guess I'd love to kind of share with our listeners some of the kind of key achievements or company wins that you've had from the past year? Look, I think the main thing that's happening is we put out our targets for the company. I'm not just talking financial targets. We, mm -hmm. you know, our business targets. So we wanted to continue to do more with our existing customers, which we're doing regularly. They've got a lot of change they need. So we help them navigate that change. We've won several new logos in the period. All of this has driven 35% revenue growth to our top line, which we feel good about. And it's you have to think about it because we're not a Oracle or a Amazon web services where you have tons of people that have worked on those technologies. We actually need to hire talent and then we need to put them through a business school and a technology school and train them to understand our technology before they can bring value. I was really pleased that we were able to grow our people by 30% and then train those people and get them to join some of the projects and understand our purpose and our direction. I think that's the main thing. I mean, it's really, it's great to see all the opportunities for our uh, gen trackers. Yeah. I think you're being very humble, to be honest, as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's a team effort, yeah. but we're proud of the results. You know, the stock reflected mm -hmm. the strong performance and the strong potential. Mm -hmm. I can tell you when I got in this business, I'd kind of go to some meetings and it real maybe a junior yeah. analyst would come or whatever investor and show up late. And, and now we go to a meeting and then, you know, the head of the fund comes in and it's like, 
can we get you some coffee and <laughs> thanks for helping you know make us some money and deliver strong results so that feels good but but it's interesting Anna because I think the way to consider it as a leader is we have three main stakeholders we have our investors we have our customers and we have our employees there's a tension and balance between navigating those three stakeholders to get it right if you don't invest enough in your technology you drop the eye on the customer if you don't pay bonuses to your people that work hard, you don't, you know, you lose your talent. You need to navigate this properly. And I think we're doing that well. So I'm pretty proud of that, actually. Do you have a secret sauce that you can share or any tips and advice, you know, and how Look, you are managing those three dynamics, which most companies are you know, facing that same challenge? Look, I think we want to be a sleep well at night stock. So we want to be confident in our forecast. You can never be 100% confident. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, that that's, things happen. But I think we built a reputation of saying that what we're going to do and then delivering against it, that building that trust to our customers, our employees and our shareholders, we we will go through if the door shut, we'll go through the chimney, Mm -hmm. through the wall, up (laughs) into the basement to get the job done. So I think that comes through in our DNA and I feel pretty, pretty proud about Mm -hmm. that. Which I guess leads me to my next point that uh, last week was a big announcement. Gentrack are now in the NZX top 50. Yeah, so, exciting. Yeah, really exciting, really exciting. And a big congratulations to you and the team. Thank you. I guess, you know, how, how do you see that kind of impacting things going forward as well? You know, we'd like to be in the index, obviously. Yeah. It's good to be on the leaderboard. We'd like to keep moving up yeah. the leaderboard. <laughs> you know, there are some people in the investment community in New Zealand that probably were not on our register that will over time join our register. We welcome having them join us. But once again, for me, the main thing is focus on the business, deliver the results and the investors will price us and accordingly. And that's where we spend most of our energy and the rest kind of should come. Yeah. Consistency is key. Yeah. 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 So, but uh, it's great to be here at the exchange. It's fun. And Kind of see everything happening in the heart of New Zealand and being a part of that community is, is definitely something that, that has a lot of pride for our people also that are here. I mean, it's coming from yeah. an American and an Aussie, and, you know, sitting at NZX's capital market. So it's a, yeah. an interesting yeah. mix. And I guess just looking to the year ahead now, Gary, what are the goals for, for the company going forward? And perhaps we could also kind of look from a bit of a personal aspect, you know, what about you personally or as a leader? Uh, what does the, the year ahead look like? Well, our aspirations are to lead globally. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the size of this program, the energy transformation, particularly energy, is the largest, most ambitious program on the planet. Mm-hmm. You can't think of a bigger one. At least I can't. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be huge capital inflows that go into it. So if you're a macro investor and you choose, you know, you can't create a wave in the ocean, but you can ride it. This is as big a wave as it gets. So companies that perform well should outperform mm-hmm. the market. Companies that lead should provide fantastic results for their customers, people, and shareholders. We plan to lead globally. That's exciting. Personally, this year, we have so much going on. It's hard to choose one thing. I can single one out, though, that when I got in this business, I'm a bit of a tree hugger. You know, I don't own a car, believe it or not. I live in London, so it's easy to get on the bike or or take public transport. When I got in this business, I was drawn to it because of our purpose to, to help reduce carbon for our future generations. If you look at what we've done, from our grandparents' life and how much we consume, it's kind of unbelievable. A lot of our sustainability work was always falling kind of off the back of the truck and we weren't prioritizing it enough. So I finally said enough is enough and we went out and we hired a vice president of sustainability. He's, we've rolled out some amazing programs. 
We're doing a lot around single-use plastics and the water systems and technology to help energy companies reduce carbon. So this is a big focus for this year, and uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. So that's what I want to put a lot of our my mind share into for the coming year. Yeah. So I think you've shared a few trends that are also kind of happening globally. Is there any other trends that you are kind of focusing on that may be benefiting Gentrack or may be challenges both globally or domestically? Uh, you know, it's hard to be in technology and hear the word trend and not associate it with AI. People used to do forecasting for their hedging and pricing models mm-hmm. in Excel spreadsheets. And now you have smart meter data streaming in all the mm-hmm. time. You have weather data, you have pricing volatility. And we take these ginormous data mm-hmm. sets and we can run algorithms and our customers can run algorithms to make smarter purchasing decisions, decide when to turn on a battery. Because a battery, you can either use it, you can charge it, or you can sell power from it. So how do you start to manage those assets? So AI is a really exciting space and we're investing a lot in it around our coding base and coding optimization. That's probably the topical trend to talk about, but it, it does have legs. It's not something that's artificial. Well, it is artificial, yeah. but not, you know, vaporware. So anyway, that, that that's a cool trend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I hate to ask it because it is so topical, but with AI, obviously also comes cybersecurity. Um, yeah. You know, when you are in the energy utilities, airport space, it is a real, you know, it's a target, but it is it's a, a growing concern as well, you know, and so how are you guys prioritizing or focusing on or, or making sure that all this data that you are processing have access to is, you know, secure, you know, obviously that must be paramount to, to your customers, to yeah. yourselves. Yeah. You know, are you able to share a bit more about that? Yeah, there's some really crazy horror stories <laughs> out there about grids getting attacked and physical assets getting taken down by software, which is, you know, you see a lot of that in the Ukraine now and things like that. We spend a lot on protecting our customers' customers' data mm-hmm. and making sure that it's ISO and SOC compliant. These are all standards. A lot of great tooling. And really, really try to secure this like a Fort Knox type of mm-hmm. scenario. You can't ever do, it's a little bit, it sounds kind of crazy, but it's a little bit like protecting a city from mm-hmm. terrorism. You need to just do a lot, but there's always more to do here. We feel like we have a strong proposition in this case. It helps us competitively, but I don't like to brag about it or talk about it too much because, mm-hmm. you know, you just want to keep your head down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, not attract any unwanted attention. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But uh, but this is a super important area. Yeah. So, Gary, you may recall from our last podcast that we always finish with a bit more of a lighthearted quick fire round. So I've got a few questions for you. Okay. A mix of kind of business and personal. So. Okay. I didn't review anything in advance. So here, here we go. Good. Rapid so, fire. You know, you know, first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Dangerous. That's dangerous. But okay. let's try it. What makes a great leader? Oh, I think authenticity. Okay. Yeah. Just being honest with the people and and sticking to your integrity. What's your favorite hobby outside of work? Oh, I love tennis and I uh, any sport. I think sport is just healthy. It's healthy for the for all generations and uh, keeps you healthy longer. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, you know, I'm in my 50s, so I, I'm really working on that. So that's a hobby, an essential hobby. Let's say yeah. that. Is there anything you're playing in particular? I play a lot of tennis and yeah. uh, I ski. I do some extreme skiing, which is oh, kind of lets me get my adrenaline rush. I'm spending a bunch of time in, in your hometown mm-hmm. of Sydney and people are trying to get me to get out there and swim with the fishes. 
uh, which makes me a little <laughs> bit. Uh, so I don't come from. I'm from okay. Texas. We yeah, don't. We, yeah, you don't yeah, have okay. that much kind of. You know, big sharks everywhere. So I haven't gotten into the deep uh, water swimming yet, <laughs> and I'm not I'll sure I will. Friendly, a little nibble here and there. Yeah, everybody <laughs> says that. Oh, it's just a few sharks. All it takes is one. <laughs> so, anyway, we'll see about. What's that. your definition of success? Look, success is is not just about work. I mean, we have mm-hmm. uh, we're on a journey, and I think you need to just slow down a little bit sometimes and enjoy enjoy success. Mm-hmm. First of all, celebrate it, and not just be fixated on the next thing. So, being happy with success and acknowledging it is good. I do like big, complicated programs. Mm-hmm. I think we're good at it. So, success for me is building a legacy mm-hmm. for GenTrack that we're a global leader. That is a business success that I'm pretty pretty determined to deliver. And lastly. What's your go-to karaoke song? Oh, my God. Well, I caught it, I said. Yeah, I would have to go to the doors because it just has a lot less scope of range and I can I can somehow pull it off. Okay. And I, but if I go last and everybody's had a lot to drink, it's usually, yeah. it's usually more manageable. It's not my strong suit. What is yours? Oh, I've got a range, actually. I'm a big karaoke person. Ah, okay. Oh, with the classics, your, your ABBA. Yeah, anyway. All right, <laughs> we'll we be cutting that out. we got to get down. <laughs> no way. we got to get down to the karaoke bar. Perfect. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us, Gary. Uh, thank um, you. It's great you. to chat with you. Um, any last final words or wisdom or thoughts to join us here with us? No, I hope to do some fishing while I'm in town and uh, hopefully I had something fun. And um, I want to thank the NZX for its great partnership and helping us with our journey. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Anna. The information provided in this podcast is a guide and is intended for general information purposes only. The information is not investment advice. The information should not be relied upon as a substitute for detailed advice from a professional advisor. The podcast may contain opinions or forward-looking statements and actual results may vary from what is expressed in this podcast. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the presenter or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of NZX. NZX Limited is not liable for any loss suffered through relying on the information in this podcast. NZX makes no warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the information in this podcast. All intellectual property rights in the content of this podcast are owned or used under license by NZX, and NZX's written consent is required to use, redistribute, or reproduce the content, or use it to create other works.